0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Summer Olympics kick off today in Tokyo, Japan, so today's podcast features a real Olympic hero. Kurt Angle won a gold medal wrestling at the 1996 Summer Games in Atlanta, Georgia. The WWE Hall of Famer joined me and my WTOP colleague, Chris Chian, for a chat in 2017. Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This is awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, well, we got to start with with your Hall of Fame induction. Um, what was it like to be welcome back with open arms, and uh, you know, and that speech? I thought highlighted, you know, was like the perfect reflection of your career. Like you told the guys, don't take yourself too seriously.
1: Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I, I think that WB uh, in, in recent years, um, a lot of the uh, speeches were, you know, pretty serious, uh, emotional and um they wanted a different flavor this year they wanted uh they wanted old old old-school kurt angles so they asked me if you know do i have any ideas and i came up with that little little bit of uh you know entertainment as as well as i could we actually i actually requested a milk truck that i could drive into the arena (laughs) uh the events of it was a bit too much so uh i settled for what i did but I, i was real happy about it i um I just wanted to come back for the fans. It, it, it's not really about me anymore. I, um, I have three little ones that never saw me wrestle. I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and, and a newborn. And I, I just wanted them to witness their dad uh, one more time on the WWE stage. And, uh, and, and also to acknowledge the family, was, uh, I appreciate their support over the years
0: man it was like literally the perfect speech because for your kids that never saw it and for us that that did live through it um it brought back so many good memories um real quick just memories of of doing the the cowboy hat uh Jimmy crack corn with with stone cold and then also with the milk truck and and you decided <laughs> i got to take a chance here because it's going to make myself look goofy but in the end it works <laughs>
1: well you know what i i wasn't all for it um you know Austin Austin and Vince were coming up with ideas with the, the crazy thing is we, we didn't rehearse and it was, uh, you know, Vince Grant said, listen, uh, including the crew members, all the camera guys, uh, the, anybody in the producer, the director in the, in the room, none of you laugh or say anything till I, till I say cut. And, uh, it was all improvisation. It was just an idea. Vince would throw an idea and say, okay, get ready to shoot. Let's shoot it. And with, with Austin, that's what he's best at. Uh, <laughs> we just followed his feed and, and everything everything went behind him. And uh, he was so good at it that it was easy to follow him. So we had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, unfortunately, you know, both Austin and I should have been at home sitting, you know, resting our injuries. But uh, to, you know, Vince McMahon was like, "Damn, my my top two talent are injured. What am I going to do with them?" I know I'll put them together and make some funny stuff. So it mm-hmm. was uh, it was a cool thing to do while we were out with injury.
0: <laughs> and it looked like Shawn Michaels was crying when you were when you reprised the HBK spoof. I'm just a sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, Shawn. Sean was always cool about that stuff. He um he understands the entertainment factor. And uh, when I when I first came up with that song, he was like, "Yes, do it. That's awesome." You know, and uh, he he was always for that kind of stuff. And I, I give Shawn a lot of credit for that. But the milk truck, you know, I talked about my speech about moments. Um that, that milk truck in Sacramento, California, that was the probably the best moment I had, including my wrestling. Um it was uh it just said a thousand words all and you know, without without even having to say anything. And uh it was a little spin off of Austin's beer truck thing uh years prior. So mm-hmm. it really worked out, you know, into my favor and it really helped my character out a lot.
2: So Kurt, you're back on Monday Night Raw. You are the new general manager. And you got some additions this past Monday night: Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Rhino, just to list a few, Alexa Bliss as well. But I wanted to ask you: This is a loaded roster now. Who out of this roster reminds you of yourself when you were a young wrestler coming into the WWE? You
1: know, I th- there are there are a mixture, guys. I, I look at uh, you know Chad Gable. I think he does remind me of myself quite a bit. Uh, but but. Seeing the, the talent, like in uh, Cesaro and um, and uh, uh, also uh, Kevin Owens, I love the kid. I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, the, what he can do for a guy his size, and how how quick, and you know how he's able to move around the way he does. Uh, he defies the laws of gravity. He's just an incredible talent. So there there are a lot of talent that I love to wrestle. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins. But as far as reminding me myself, that, that Gable kid, you know, he's, he's a little bit undersized, but damn, he can go.
0: Absolutely. You're talking about a lot of these new guys. Take us back to when you were a new guy. You know, you won the Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And then uh, I love that you turned that into catchphrase, by the way. But (laughs) is it it true that um, at first you told Vince McMahon, all right, I'll come, but I can never lose. And then after not hearing back a while, you said, all right, uh, maybe I need to to be a team player here.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the honest truth. He, He literally, when I told him I could never lose, he didn't say another word. He just put his hand out, shook my hand, and uh, left the office. I mean, it was like he—he <laughs> he, he basically said his own mind, "This kid doesn't get it." So I'm I gonna try. Uh, he did—he did let me keep the contract, but uh, I don't think uh, he would have signed it once I did. He just knew that I—I I didn't understand the business yet. And I think what I did, like you know, starting to watch it a couple years later, I think he was waiting for that to happen. I think Vince is a very intelligent man, and. Uh, I think he was one of those guys that's gonna, that thought, you know what? This kid starts watching, he'll understand. Because I never watched wrestling. I, I I, was there. I was clueless. I didn't even know who Stone Cold Steve Austin was. So <laughs> <Come> I, <on. laughs> I was clueless in the business, man. I, I I, knew Macho Man because of the Slim Jim commercials. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan had a Saturday cartoon when I was younger. So yeah. I, that's the only guys I knew about. Uh, so I was clueless. But, um, you know, doing, you know, watching the the product. I realized, okay, I, I get it now. This is, this is what they're asking me to do. And, and then I, you know, I went up there and, uh, uh, and tried out. They wouldn't even give me that contract anymore. I had to work for it. So, uh, but, but it didn't take me long. I got the contract within three days of training, and uh, the rest is history.
0: But you, you did kind of weave in the unbeaten thing, at least storyline-wise, like you match against Taz, he choked you out, but you said it was an illegal hold, and you know, you kind of wove that in there for a while and kept that little streak going a little bit. <laughs> tell us about how, you know, if your character with the three eyes, intensity, integrity, intelligence, all that, if, if that had arrived during the 80s Hogan era, you would have been a massive babyface with this Olympic hero, but t- tell me how you sort of, you know, arriving in sort of this anti-hero phase with Stone Cold in the in the, in the the 90s, 2000s, how it how you were able to be like hey i'm gonna spin it and, and this is actually going to be perfect for a cocky uh, heel persona
1: uh, you know what that was all vince's idea uh, he even came up with the three eyes uh, but but what he saw in me was gosh this kid is this kid is a real american hero and he would be perfect in the 80s <laughs> and that's exactly why he's going to be hated today <laughs> and, and that's the reason it is mine he said i tried it with rock the rock uh, and it blew up in my face. So I'm going to try it again with Angle, except this time I know it's going to blow up in my face and he's going to be a hero. Right. So it was from trial and error. And and he also thought to himself, my top babyface face flips off his boss, drinks beer, and, and, you know, stuns everybody. Even even the good guys. He stuns the good guys. So he, he knew the anti-hero was the baby face of the Attitude Era, and the real hero would make people sick to their stomach because he's so perfect. Uh, that he would be hated. And it worked. Yeah, Vince was right. He was, I, I disagree with him. I told him it's not going to work. Vince, I, I want to go battle. And not only with that, but it was a broken freaking neck. <laughs> so, people are going to love me. He said, no, they're going to hate you. God, trust me. And he, he was right.
2: So like Roman Reigns uh, nowadays, pretty much, <laughs> right?
1: Well, you know, with Roman, I love him. He's a great talent. He, he, can, he can go in the ring. The issue with Roman is he was he was utilized and pushed way too fast. I, I think that, uh, you know, when you skip the, uh, uh, at the, at the time, the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, the King of the Ring, you go straight to the top. Fans don't like that. They want, they want you to earn your spot. And I don't think they thought he did. And, you know, he went from tag team in the Shield to being the main eventer. Um, so he's got a lot of ground to make up for. But, but he did it. You know, he did do, do the U.S. title thing, and it, it helped a little bit. But he, he has an uphill climb, and I I, I really feel for the kid. But uh, he's in a great spot, and I think that you know if Vince waits it out for a little bit longer, he, the fans are going to start to accept him. If they don't, then turn him heel, and they will accept him eventually. So I, I think that Roman's in a great spot, and and do I think he deserves it? Yeah. He if you ever stand next to him, he's a big dude. He can go. He's a good looking guy. Uh, you know, a lot, half the fans love him, the other half hate him same thing as Cena when Cena came in uh Vince pushed the hell out of him and fans were like gosh dang this guy's invincible I hate him so uh it, it's one of those things where fans don't like when you're invincible and unbeatable they they want to they want to see humility and uh you don't see that very much in the in the later years John Cena you have but not in the earlier years he was he was literally unbeatable so that's why you know a lot of fans didn't accept him at first but you know, John Cena and Roman Reigns, they make perfect baby faces for the company. I think uh, they're in the right spot. It's just going to take some time.
2: And the you suck chance, Kurt, I got to <laughs> ask you about that. Does it ever get to you when the fans chant that, or do you like the energy that they bring? I got to assume, Kurt, that you'd rather get a pop like that than no pop at all, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, when I came out on Monday night, oh gosh, uh, Long Island and Nassau, um, it, it was, it was, it, and this isn't me being cocky. It was the loudest pop of the night and it, it really made me feel good. It was, it, you know, when you're out of the, when you're out of the WB for 11 years, you start to wonder if people forget about you. Um, and you know, thank God for the WB network because the younger crowd, you know, the, the young kids, they get educated on who Kurt Angle was. Uh, I, you know, if there wasn't the network, I don't know how, Quickly, they would have gotten educated to who I was. But uh, it's kind of nice to to see that acknowledgement when you come out. And, uh, you know, I always wanted that type of pop uh, in my earlier years, except I was a heel and people really literally hated my guts. Uh, But um, to see it now and uh, fans acknowledge it, it makes me feel like I was one of the rare elite talent that that gets that, that kind of reaction.
0: Speaking of the rare elite talent, I mean, man, I mean, some of the greatest guys ever that you got to come in with, Rock Austin and, uh, you know, Mick Foley, Undertaker, Triple H, all those guys. They, I mean, you even threw a shout-out to Rikishi in your speech. Um, But all those guys, they all claim to this day that you were one of the fastest to ever pick it up, to just come in and not only grasp the in-ring technique, but also sort of the sports entertainment side of it. But in terms of the in-ring stuff, I personally think that some of your greatest matches were against, um, you know, he who shall not be named, Chris Benoit. You guys threw down. Some SmackDown matches that are just unreal to this day. But which other opponents sort of stand out to you? Was it Jericho? Is it the Shane McMahon King of the Ring? Or which matches really stand out to you?
1: Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. My my best matches of all time were with Chris Benoit. It kind of sucks that you know there's no acknowledgement there. Um, you know, my career was defined on those matches, uh, especially uh, you know the 2003 Royal Rumble. If you ever if you never saw that match, anybody's listening. Check that match. That There doesn't get any more perfect than that. It was uh, it was one of those matches where the top talent, like Austin, uh, Triple H, Undertaker, walked up to me. I was only in the business three years. And they said, you just raised the bar. You're the man. You're the best. And uh, yeah, I, I literally was like, wait a minute. I just started, you guys, you know. Uh, I'm not supposed to get that kind of acknowledgement. But uh, it was kind of cool to have, a, you know, a Triple H come to me and say, uh, you know, you might be the greatest of all time right now. And uh, <laughs> wow. it was such a compliment. So, um, you know, it, it, other than that, I, I love my matches with Austin. They were really intense. Uh, Dwayne, the rock, he was always entertained of uh, Russell. The best thing ring general, I would say, is uh, Triple H and Undertaker. Those guys were easy to follow. They would lead me through the matches, made it really easy for me. But my later years, when I started getting it, I'd have to say my matches with Eddie... Brock and uh, Shawn Michaels—they uh, were—they were—they were the ones uh, that I really had some great chemistry with.
0: You mentioned Brock. Memories of when you and Brock uh, main evented that time. Obviously, the big shooting star press with him landing on his—he almost broke his freaking neck on that. Um, how did you? I mean, I think it takes a real talent to to have the wherewithal like you did, kind of roll to make it look like a you know a dodge, and and, and be able to just pick up this concussed guy and, and finish the match. Like, how do you keep keep your cool in that scenario? That's unbelievable to me.
1: Well, I, I, I was really hurt badly. My neck, you know, I. You know, I obviously had to have surgery. And, you know, the, the cool thing about WWE today, they're not going to let you do that anymore. Uh, you know, my neck was broken. I needed surgery. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I got my doctor to clear me for one match. But that was my doctor. I talked them into it. The WWE now, you have to go through the WWE doctors, and they're not going to clear you. So it's a different time now, and that's good. I'm glad it's that way. But when Brock missed the shooting star press, First thing I thought is, oh my God, I'm going to have to hold this title for another month, and uh, <laughs> you know that's kind of a, that's kind of a selfish thing to think of. But I knew how bad shape I was in, and I looked over at Brock, and he's literally on Walla Land, and I thought maybe his neck was broken, and I really didn't know what to do. And uh, uh, thank God the referee said, "Hey, jump on him and cover him," and I covered him, and uh, I thought, oh God, he's not going to kick out. I'm going to win the title or retain the title, and I'm going to have to go to the next pay-per-view. But but he kicked out. Um, from there, I just talked him through the finish. Uh, I probably asked him five or six times, can you do the F5? <laughs> he, he didn't answer me. And then and then he said, I think so. And then he said, I don't know. And I thought, oh, God, we're in trouble, man. But this match is going to have a finish. But uh, Brock horsed me up and did the F5. And uh, then we just sat in the ring. For five minutes, Brock was supposed to come over and pick me up and hug me. and never came over, and I'm like, ref, tell Brock to come get me. He did, so I walked over to Brock, and uh, I could tell that uh, I didn't know if he had a concussion or if he was just, uh, you know, a little bit uh, goofy at the time, but uh, he was he was really hard to deal with at that point. Uh, very hostile. Uh, didn't want to go to the hospital. Uh, Brock, Brock could get, get a little bit, you know, He's uh, he has that personality where there's no way in hell anybody's taking him to the hospital. So it was a it was it was an uphill battle after the match just to get him to go. But uh, I give him a lot of credit for what he was able to do. He showed him what kind of badass he is.
0: <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't your first time. I think there was a time where Triple H had a pedigree on a table that collapsed too soon, and you looked a little out of it too. So I think oh, and,
1: <laughs> uh, I, I was I was out of it. You know that was. That was supposed to be a spot where I was supposed to, I was supposed to pretend to get knocked out, and I literally did get knocked out. <laughs> so, uh, but, but the cool thing is, uh, those guys were pros. When I wrestled uh, at SummerSlam, I believe Rock and, Brock and uh, Triple H, they, they talked me through that whole match because I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I woke up two hours after the match, and uh, I was in a uh, on a gurney with oxygen on my face. And I said, "What happened?" They said, "Well, you finished the match." I said, I don't remember anything. So the last thing I remember was getting pedigree through the table, and uh, two hours later I was sitting on a gurney and uh, I didn't, didn't even know what happened. So that sometimes that, that stuff happens in pro wrestling, but uh, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, they do have a lot of rules now. Uh, they're not going to do those type of spots on the table or any type of chair shots, so they're trying to protect the athletes more now.
2: All right, Kurt, before we let you go, tell us about the app that you've got. Angle Strong, which deals with addiction. And uh, this is inspired by some of your personal experiences, right?
1: Yeah, I've been clean until over four years. And I, I, you know, that we have a, a really bad uh, uh, you know, opioid problem. And 21 million people in America have a drug disorder. 10% go to rehab, about 2 million. And only 5% of that 10% stay in recovery. That's only 100,000 100, people out of 21 million that literally stay clean. Uh, the, the 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 issue is you go to rehab, you go through detox, and then you go through a month of learning about your disease and taking care of your body, having you know doing exercise, uh, dieting the right way, resting eight hours a night. Uh, everything's there's there, there's structure, and the, the problem is when you get out, you go out into the hostile world. And there's no more structure, and that's why so many people are relapsing. So I, I came up with a concept uh, to have an app and an Engle Strong initiative. Uh, that have people follow uh, after they get out of rehab so they have aftercare and they have structure in their lives, and that's the Strong app. The app does everything for you. You check in every day. If you don't check in, your lifelines, which is either your family, your sponsor, your loved ones, they'll be notified. So it will hold, hold you accountable for what you have to do, but it's also GPS-enabled, so if you do relapse, we're going to find you. The, the crazy thing about people today is, their most valuable asset is their phone. So no matter if you relapse or whatever, if you're going to do drugs, people always need their phone with them, and they're not going to give it away or sell it because it's too valuable for them. This is their, this is their lifeline, is their phone. So uh, we wanted to, you know, we had a hard time with uh, the iPhone of getting it uh, approved because it is GPS-enabled. Uh, we want to be able to track you if something happened to you. We're trying to save lives, and we're trying to keep people alive. So... The Angle Strong Initiative, it's going pretty well. And, uh, I have, uh, monthly, uh, video calls with all my, uh, members that sign up for Angle Strong. Uh, we have, uh, daily positive messages.
2: We have, uh,
1: we have stuff on the website that, you know, like AA meetings closest to you, rehabs best suited for you. Uh, we're going to start having workouts, diet, uh, the whole ball of wax. We're even going to have career choices. Uh, so we're trying to be the the whole ball of wax, all in one, and uh, for people to follow and have structured their lives, especially when they get out of rehab.
0: It's so great that you're doing that. I mean, it's uh, it's you're yeah. it's similar to kind of what what uh, Diamond Dallas Page is doing with his yoga thing. Um, with with former, well, you some... know
1: what, uh, we're we're, we're, ta- we're talking a deal with Diamond Dallas Page for him to be our workout category in our Anglo Strong initiative. So perfect. Uh, we want him to be a huge part. What he did for a lot of people in the past. Uh, we believe he's the best suited candidate for our,
0: our program. Awesome. Well, two Hall of Famers now. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It was great. Congrats on the the Hall of Fame. You know, I hope that not only with this interview, but with all the Hall of Fame stuff, that I hope what you get from all of it is that we really loved you. We loved your character. We continue to love you, and we really appreciate all of the great memories. We never forgot him one second
2: while you were gone.
1: I really appreciate that, guys. That makes me
2: feel great. All right, man. Thank you so much for a dream come true interview, man. I never thought I would as a kid. You take care, man. It's true. (laughs) It's damn true. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care.
1: All right,
0: Kurt
2: Angle on WTOP.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.